In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. It's probably the biggest game in the Cleveland Browns history in the last 25 years. I'm here with Ian Wright and Jack Duffin. Ian, 25 years, is that about right? I The Browns have not played in an AFC divisional playoff game in 26 years, so I would say that, Mr. Brown, you are accurate. Jack, how are you feeling, mate? Are you betting on Chubb receiving? Oh, yes. The money's down, and I keep adding more every day. So, um, yep. Nick Chubb, I've been saying the line should be 19 or 20, and then he got 69 yards receiving last week. So, they've edged it up. We're now at the betting line of 14 and a half. And I am smashing it like hell. The sun rises, you, the sun sets, and Jack bets on the receiving over of running backs. Have you put your house on it yet? That's what we want to know. No, not quite that much. Okay. I'm, I'm still digging myself out the hole <laughs> two weeks ago where he, he basically didn't play for a game uh, week 17. All right, Ian, big game. Where can you see the Browns winning this and potentially losing it? I mean, they're going to lose it. If they lose the game, they're going to lose it on the defensive side of the ball. I don't think there's really – I mean, if I'm if I'm weighing the offense versus the defense, I think the, the offense could go out and a bad game for them is what, 24, 28 points? A bad game for the defense is the Chiefs hang 40 on us, right? So the biggest challenge is going to be on the defensive side of the ball. But the offense needs to match the de- – I mean, they need to match Kansas City. I mean, I think we've gone out and said it. Like, you know, you're going to have to play to score. Um, you're going to have to do what Oakland did when they went out and beat them. The Browns are going to have to be efficient on offense and just resilient on defense. And if you can flip a possession here and there, whether it's a fumble, a tip ball uh, – I mean, Mahomes does not throw a lot of interceptions. He's not Roethlisberger. So you're going to have to create offense somehow – so it's going to be the defense's job to try to create more opportunities for the offense. And then when the offense gets in the red zone, the Chiefs have one of the worst red zone defenses in the league. You're going to, if the Browns drive down the field on a nice seven, eight minute drive and come away with three points, that's a loss. I mean, if we want to see how to beat this team, go no further back than the Oakland Raiders versus the, Cle- I'm sorry, the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Cleveland Browns. Eight minutes, 36 seconds, seven points. You have to control the clock. You have to eat it up. You have to manage the game and you have to score touchdowns. Jack, what's your view on that, mate? He's exactly right. It's all about scoring. Um, Quite frankly, I'm looking at an interception, a fumble, a punt, almost a field goal in this game. They're all turnovers. They're turnovers where you didn't score seven points. The aim every drive has got to be to get seven points. So... We can't be running too often on first downs. We've got to really, really go for it. Because you you have two drives where you don't score a touchdown. That that could potentially be you behind in the game and you're never going to get a chance to come back. It is a very, very, very high-powered offense. But we're also a, a top 
eight at least, maybe top six, top four last few weeks powered offense. So we can hang with it. We can go out and score, but we need to be at the races. Um, we need to be aggressive. So there's going to be times where fans are going to be shouting at the TV going, why is Stefanski doing this? And it's because if you punt, you have basically given away the ball. It doesn't matter if Patrick Mahomes has got to do an extra 40 yards down the field. He looks at that and he's like, yeah, that's fine. The key thing is going to be what happens in the red zone. If you're able to stop them and then they end up kicking field goals, happy days. If if we go into halftime, they've scored one touchdown and three field goals, I'm feeling really good about the game. If we go in at halftime and they've scored three touchdowns and one field goal, I'm really concerned that that's not going to stop in the second half. They do not take their foot off the brakes. We have got to go out there and we've got to score. And that means they do, passing they do heavy. take their foot off the brake. They don't take it off the gas because they're a punt is a, is a turnover in this game. So if you punt, consider it a turnover. If they punt, consider it a turnover. That's field goals as well. If you hold them to a field goal, that's a win. If they hold yeah. you to a field goal, that's a loss for you. Absolutely. Field goals are minus four points. That is the way they need to be viewed. They shouldn't be viewed as putting three points on the board. It's four points lost. And that's the way they're going to feel about it. And it's the way we need to feel about it. Now, Jack, you mentioned the Browns. I know that there's stats out there about rushing on first down. The Chiefs have two outside or their two defensive ends are Frank Clark and Alex Okafor. Frank Clark, if I'm not mistaken, in his last like six or seven games, didn't he have like 20 hurries? I mean, I think he ended the season with, I think, six sacks, 28 hurries. I could see the Browns to set yourself up because here's the thing about if you go for passing constantly on first down, you might be chasing those second and tens. These guys are really weak against the run and the Browns need to lean on that offensive line. I think to get these seven, eight minute drives, if they come out and they just impose their will on first down and they're able to chunk off four or five yards. Normally I would understand the value of a pass over the run, but against the chiefs in trying to keep Mahomes on the sidelines, I think we need to take full advantage of the fact the chiefs front seven has one competent player and that's Chris Jones. Everybody else is weak. So if you can first down five yards, first down four yards, you can set yourself up on those second and five, second and sixes. Now all of a sudden you're going to start setting up play action. You're going to have to draw this out. We can't, I think getting into a shootout with them does not bode well for us. I think controlling the game, leaning on the beasts up front. I mean, we talk about this all the time. That offensive line of ours, the, you know, the Batonios, the Treaders, the Tellers, the Conklins, this could be the first time that, you know, the boys are back and we got all five guys for the first time in weeks. I just want to see them lean on these guys and just maul them control the line of scrimmage if you don't beat their ass off the ball on the offensive side of the you know on the offensive side it's going to be a long day so there's there's two parts there so in terms of i've got no issue running down the clock so we can wait till the last five seconds of basically every um play clock to call the play but i wouldn't go too run heavy early because the issue is if, if you get behind then you're you're rushing it and anytime you rush more early you are more likely to punt naturally those are the numbers that is there um what i would be really cognizant of and they should be stop looking at it as you've got three de- uh, three attempts to make a first down play all four um if you are third and five or less I- i'm almost saying hey we're running twice 
I don't care if they know what we're going to do. We are going to run this ball twice and we are just going to drive with everything we've got and get a first down. And I don't care if that's on our 40. I don't care if that's on their 30. Run, run, run. Because we've really, yeah, we have got the advantage, but it needs to be used at the end of the play. So if you throw it and, hey, we, we get six, we get seven yards, try throw it again, it doesn't work. I don't mind running twice. We've got third and three, run it twice, we should get that first down. So I'm not saying don't run. I'm saying run near the end of the um, combination rather than at the start, almost a pass-run-run offense or a pass-pass-run. Um, but yeah, don't be afraid to use that fourth down. It almost needs to retrain their minds in terms of offensive football. Start thinking about four downs. Don't work on the basis of, hey, we've got three downs. Do we then go for a fourth down attempt? You almost need to be putting three and four in the same bucket. And you need to decide on the second down. Certainly by the time you call the play on third down, are you going for it on fourth down? Because you cannot leave that until after down three. My only worry is that second half of that Steelers game, when we had the three punts back to back, I think we came out on the first one, we ran the ball, got a first down, then we went pass, pass, pass. And then the clock stops. So that's the thing is if we're completing passes and the clock's moving, I'm good with it. The only thing is, is if you come out and a ball's batted down, now it's second and 10, you try to run the ball. You're only going to run maybe a minute off the clock. You know, I just think that they really need to say early and the one thing I really want to do, and I agree, I think they're going to use, much like they did against the Steelers, they're going to use the pass to set up the run. Because for some reason, and I hear this every week, the adage that you use the run game to set up the pass is absolutely wrong. Because if you go look at like the Jets game, when the Jets knew the Browns were going to run the ball because we didn't have any wide receivers, you can't, if they're stacking seven, eight guys in the box, you're not going to run the ball. You want to pass because you need them safeties to move back. You need to have the threat that Harrison Bryant's going to run a seam. You need to have the threat that, you know, Jarvis is going to catch a seven yard pass and take it to the house. So by setting up the run game with the pass, they could come out early in shotgun where, you know, for some reason people don't think Baker's any good, even though I think he's what, like the second or third best quarterback in the league. Um, use the, use the shotgun early, use the pass game early. And then all of a sudden once, you know, Tyron Mathau and Juan Thornhill, they back their asses up a little bit. Then you start pounding the run game. Then they move up. Now you hit them over the top. You know, there's definitely going to be a strategy to it. Yeah. People talk a lot about, Hey, all the analytics say passing is more valuable than running. And there, there is a point. And the fact is no one's gone and tested it. And it might be 75% pass, 25% run, but you need to keep moving the stick. And when you keep moving that stick, defenses will naturally move. When five, five years ago, the standard NFL secondary had four DBs in it. It now has five and it's close to being six in the next couple of years. Teams are piling the secondary because teams are passing more. And it's not going to take long that one team might go bold and say, hey, we're just going to do seven. And, and that's the point where you start getting four and five people in the box where you start going back to the run because running is just as valuable as passing and it's finding that point and that's what the search needs to be and we've seen it it's happened in the NBA the analytics nutters were saying hey more three-pointers more three-pointers and everyone laughed at them suddenly the teams that first moved to add in more three-pointers they started winning things and it's it will happen in the NFL um, and why not lead because the 
Teams that adapt quickest and embrace it are the ones that get the biggest advantage. And it won't last long because everyone will be there. And then you'll have to find the next edge. But it's certainly an edge and it's one the Browns need to go after. Yeah, for sure. Paul, overall, how are you feeling about the game? I know you probably got a little bit of butterflies. You've had a nice little uh, whirlwind of a media tour this week. So uh, we see on ESPN Cleveland, we see on News Channel 5, Fox 8. You're, uh, you're the international man of mystery. So uh, once you unmute yourself, uh, you know, how are you, you going to feel? You know, are you excited? Yeah, I'm uh, extremely excited. I think this is a game where we've been the Steelers and we can really relax. If we lose, we go out with a heads up high. And if we win, it's a bonus. And then it gets really serious. Uh, Ravens or the Bills, you know, that is a grudge match if I've ever heard one. Browns, Buffalo, Browns, Ravens. Do you, uh, do you have any fireworks for this game? I do have fireworks, and uh, I think if we win, I'll set one off. Why not? And then, have, your, have your neighbors said anything about your last, uh, last ones? I can manage them. That's fine. Um, but yeah, so they, they understand the Cleveland Browns is a big thing to me, and it's one rocket. We're not talking it's uh, a firework display like when we win the Super Bowl. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're ready. Bit of a warm-up. For all of our fans that aren't able to get the visual, Paul is in a Browns headband, a brown shirt, and he is walking through downtown London. I see double-decker buses. Paul, where are you exactly right now in London? Well, I'd just like to thank the uh, NFL sponsors, Nike, just outside the night town in London. Yeah, just getting some uh, mileage in. Just working, that, on the running, working on the running game. Is that Piccadilly? No, it's Oxford Circus. Ah, uh, Oxford Circus. Yeah. The international but, um, but I've got a good question for you guys is, how do you see our defense, uh, especially the cornerbacks, Nichols, looking up against uh, Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah. For me, you're basically looking at two questions here. What do you do with Tyreek Hill and what do you do with Travis Kelsey? For me, I take Denzel Ward. I don't know what state he's in. Who knows what's happening with COVID? And I just go, look, that's Tyreek Hill. That's your problem. Denzel Ward in the last three years in single coverage, according to PFF, has a 31% completion rate. There is not a single cornerback in the NFL other than him with under 40%. He has been doing a phenomenal job. And you just say, hey, you go get Tyreek Hill. We've got everyone else will deal with the rest of the team. And how we deal with Travis Kelsey, I mean, it's not, you can't stop Travis Kelsey. Forget that. That's not happening. How do you slow down Travis Kelsey is the question. It's been on fire. Let's look at the last eight games. He's had th four graded over 90. He's had three more graded over 85. And his worst game is an 81.6, which if he just sat at an 81.6 for the season, would put him as the third best tight end in the NFL. He has been insane, but what do we do with matching up? Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen with Sammy Watkins. In a way, Sammy Watkins playing might be slightly better because it might reduce the amount of snaps Nicole Hardman plays. Obviously, he's got a lot more pace. Nicole Hardman against Terrence Mitchell scares me um, just because he is a slower corner versus a speed demon. So I would double up Kelsey. I'd put Ward on... Um, Tyreek Hill, and then I, I would just try bodge whatever we can. It's going to be messy. Um, over to you, Ian. Yeah, we talked we talked a little about this in the prep show. So for those not familiar, 
with Joe Woods. So Joe Woods was the defensive backs coach for the San Francisco 49ers with Robert Salah, the new coach of the Jets, being the defensive coordinator. Well, we all kind of know that Salah's specialty is your front seven, whereas Woods is more of a secondary guy. That's what he's done. So my guess is Joe Woods is going to implore some of the techniques that he used in the Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes. Now, if you remember right, San Francisco was well on their way to beating Patrick Mahomes until there was that crazy play on fourth down with the Tyree kill and the comeback, and it was an insane play. But obviously, we don't have the personnel in Cleveland that Woods had in San Francisco. So I wouldn't be shocked if the Browns use a man-under concept to try to bottle up Tyree Hill because the idea being with man-under, you keep Denzel Ward underneath, which really means – if Patrick Mahomes is looking for him, Denzel Ward's going to play in front of the ball, play underneath coverage, and then you'd have a safety over the top. My guess is the Browns will implore a lot of nickel, which for the international people, that basically means you're going to have four down linemen, two linebackers, and then you're going to have five in the secondary. You may see a dime concept where they maybe use Ronnie Harrison, dime concept obviously being six DBs, um, where you're going to then have maybe Ronnie Harrison playing a robber, a star. Basically, it's a hybrid role between a linebacker and a safety. Because with Travis Kelsey, as Jack said, we don't have anybody, and to be fair, I don't think there's anybody in the league that has somebody to guard him. So you're going to have to play zone concepts. The problem is, is you have to get pressure with four. You cannot blitz Patrick Mahomes Mahomes is this freak in the sense that he can be in shotgun. And if you send a blitzer, he can backpedal fast as fast as your linebacker or your safety's coming. And then he goes, Oh, look, Ronnie Harrison's blitzing me. I can run 15 yards backwards and know Ronnie Harrison means he should be guarding this person. And he has a howitzer of an arm to throw and beat the blitz. So the Browns are going to have to, and that's why San Francisco was so effective because when you have a D line with, you know, Eric Armstead and DeForest Buckner and Nick Bosa and all these guys, you can get pressure with four. Now the Browns have miles Garrett. And then you have some drops off, right? So we're going to need guys like Porter Gustin, Adrian Claiborne, and those guys to step up because they're going to dare the chiefs to run the ball. They're going to say, Hey, listen, we got some fat guys, but at the end of the day, we're going to try to pressure with four drop seven. That's kind of what got uh, Roethlisberger in trouble. So you're likely going to see Terrence Mitchell on Sammy Watkins. If they do go with the speed, what they call their speed package, which they basically bring in Tyreek Hill, Demarcus Robinson, and Miko Hardman, because every one of those guys is a track star. We could see some problems. Mitchell's obviously more of a physical corner, not a speed guy. Uh, MJ Stewart as well. So you're probably likely going to see a little bit of Sheldrick Redwine. You're going to see a little bit of Sendejo. You might see more of those free safety concepts because you can't get beat deep. So you're going to see maybe a cover three. You're going to see quarters, uh, maybe the man under technique, like I said, out of ward. But at the end of the day, the Browns defense has to be opportunistic. They got to get their hands up. If you can't get to the passer, you know, you got to get your hands up because Mahomes unlikely will, you know, give you the idea to, I mean, he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions, to be honest with you. So you're, you're going to try to have to create something off a tip pass off of some sort of a rush concept, you know, something along those lines. So that's really the only strategy. And as we said earlier, if you can get him to punt, that's as good as a turnover. I, I think a lot of our success will rely on what we do in the red zone. If we can just slow them down in the red zone and force that field goal, then that's a win. Um, and I think you're going to see a lot of times in this game where teams just drive the field. 
Um, but in terms of their D-line, you've obviously got Chris Jones. It's insane. Had an amazing year. Frank Clark's not had a good year. Um, below average. He's, uh, pressure numbers are quite good, but they're clean up sacks and like unguarded sacks and just nonsense. Uh, not sacks, sorry, pressures. Um, anything to shut down Chris Jones. And to be fair, I've got one of the, obviously the best O-line in the NFL, but a really, really good interior. So hopefully they can keep Chris Jones quiet and we can get some action on the sides, particularly some run game as well. My theory is they'll move Garrett over against Mike Remmers, the uh, the backup right tackle with Mitchell Schwartz being out. So on that right side, you got Andrew Wiley, you got Mike Remmers. They'll probably rush Garrett off the right. They'll probably put Claiborne on Eric Fisher, who's their left tackle, and then hope that uh, Sheldon or Porter Gustin or whoever, my guess is we may see some of those ends come inside. We may see if they, because the, the, the Patriots used to do this as well. Instead of maybe collapsing the pockets from the outside, you may see Miles Garrett move inside, line up against kind of that right guard. So former Brown center, Austin Ryder in the middle, and then Andrew Wiley, like I said, is a right guard. But you maybe see that they try to pressure Mahomes up the middle because I'd have to go back and look. I'd be curious how many times Nick Bosa went inside or DeForest Buckner, you know, who rushes out of a D tackle position, was able to get pressure up the middle because, you know, everybody knows that the key to getting quarterbacks, you know, out of rhythm is to move them off their spot. And if we leave Mahomes in the pocket all day, blouses. This one's over. And what score would you say, Ben? I think, you know, Right now, the Vegas line has it as minus 10 over under 57, 58. So they're looking at a 34-24 type of game. I, I would be shocked if the Chiefs defense hold the Browns to, to 24. For the Browns to win this one, they're going to have to score over 34 points. I think they do it. The season of dreams continues, baby. Browns, 37. Chiefs, 35. Jack, what are you going with? So I think both teams are going to score over 30. Um, KC have scored up 31 plus in all of Mahomes' playoff games. I think it's 10 of them. Um, so I'm going to say it's 33-37 to the Kansas City Chiefs. Jack, come on. Paul's about to go swimming in the, the little fountain there. Now we're picking three circles. So, uh, but Jack, come on, mate. Hey, I, I predicted the Browns lose last week and it did us okay. Yeah, okay. We're not going to be you... gifted 28 points by Pouncey and Big Ben, though. Paul, I know optimism's coming from you. I've heard you on ESPN Cleveland. I've heard you on Fox. I've heard you on all these stations. Paul, what is the final score of this game going to be? Mate, it's very simple. It's a Browns win. It's going down to Parkey. It's 35 Browns, 34 Chiefs. You've heard it here first. We are going uh, to win by a field goal. There's going to be no donks. It's going to be a straight I, victory for the Browns. We called it no donks last time. Parky lines up. It's going to be for the moneymaker. If it's going to Parky, Paul, you've got my address. Call a bloody ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Guys, where are you going to be watching the game? I'm going to be at home. I'm going to be at home. I'm going to be in my bubble. Uh, it's just, it's, it's tough. I, I, it's, it's, I move around a lot. A lot of nervous energy, you know, I'll probably put back a couple old Boilermakers. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I, you know, we're getting a good slate of football tomorrow and uh, we're going to have an even better slate on Sunday. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And at the end of the day, you know, I know that fans won't 
take it too hard if we do lose, which I don't think is going to happen. But at the end of the day, the team doesn't think that way. This team is driven right now. Joel Batonio getting to play in his first playoff game. Kevin Stefanski getting the coach realistically in his first playoff game. I think the team's inspired right now. They are just firing on all cylinders. The confidence is there. Let the season of dreams continue, everybody. I, I just, it's, it's going to be a hell of a game at 3.05 on Sunday afternoon. All right, let's finish up by saying, go Browns. Go Browns. Go Brownies!